Welcome to the shit show. Hello, my squirrel friends. So it is I, Cassandra, aka Witchy Pity Mom, and Kate. Hi. Um, so before we get started on the case I actually wanted to talk about today, um, obviously there's been a lot of stuff going on about the Ga- Gabrielle, Gabby, Petito, and Brian. <clears throat> Now, I know that there's another way to say this, but his last name looks like laundry to me. <laughs> but I think it's laundry, not laundry, but that's what I. No, anyway. it's laundry. Because huh? they take their errand some dirty laundry today. So it is now laundry. Facts. So, you know, they there's been a lot of speculation about this case. I have my own personal theories. Um, <laughs> But I did want to like, for those of you who don't know, because there isn't a lot of information in one spot so I tried to like put as much together as I could um so Gabby and Brian started a road trip across the states in June of this year uh the police chief said she maintained regular contact with her family members during her travels however that communication was abruptly stopped at the end of August um Police had an encounter with the couple on August 12th, where officers described them as having engaged in some sort of altercation, quote unquote. Now, (laughs) according to Gabby's father, you know, he made it seem like she was not the type of person to just like stop talking to her family. You know, she was very family oriented. So like, for me, that's a big clue right there that they haven't heard from her in so long. Now, her family did say that the last contact with her was during the last week of August. Uh, According to police, uh, before that last communication, Gabby was believed to be in Grand Tenton National Park in Wyoming. Now, here's where things get a little sus. So, Brian returned to the couple's home in Northport, Florida, where his parents also live on September 1st. The white vehicle that Petito and Laudry Laudry (laughs) had been traveling in was later recovered by police at the home. It was processed and quote, there was some material in there that authorities will be going through. Um, You know, of course they didn't specify on anything other than that. Um, Now, after not being able to get in touch with her, Gabby's family, who lives in New York, reported her missing on September 11th. So that's already 10 days between the time that Brian came home and her family reported her missing. So that's already like sus as shit. Um, And they they reported it to the Suffolk County, New York Police Department. Uh, And then in a letter read by the chief, the, the chief of police, the Petito family attorney Oh, I'm sorry. It's Stafford, the Petito family attorney. I read that wrong. I read my own shit wrong. Um, <laughs> during police's news briefing on the 16th, the the family begged Brian's family to help in the investigation. Okay. So uh, it said, please, if you or your family have any decency left, please tell us where Gabby is located. Tell us if we are even looking in the right place. All we want is for Gabby to come home. So please help us make that happen. Um, now the FBI did go to Brian's residence to remove property to help assist, you know, in locating 
Brian because now Brian is missing. But I'll get that to into that in a second. So some news that I found was that some YouTube bloggers by the name of Jen and Kyle Bethune said they spotted Gabby Petito's white van near Wyoming's Grand Tenton National Park two days after the missing woman's family said they last heard of her. So th- this white van was actually in the video that Jen Bethune posted to her YouTube. It said, we came across a white van that had Florida plates, a small white van. We were going to stop and say hi because we are also from Florida, but the van was completely dark. There was nobody inside. So we knew we had to continue on our way. Now, Jen and Kyle were traveling down a dirt path to the park and spotted the van twice, once on the way into the park and another time on the way out. Sorry, my voice. The bloggers shot the video while documenting their family's cross-country trip, saying that when they stumbled upon the van around 6 or 6.30, they believed it might have been, quote-unquote, abandoned. Now, Kyle Bethune said, it's kind of freaky for a late Saturday evening, but we were just, we just kind of had a brain fart, and we were like, oh, there's that van. Um, now, the Petito family said they are aware, they and the FBI are aware of this video, um, and the family said, we believe this is the van for multiple reasons, uh, but please do not clog up the tip line with the same video. This is in the hands of the right people. Thank you so much. This is exactly why we were asking people to review older photos and video. Um, another sighting was made by traveler Shannon Baker, who said she and her husband saw the van while driving through the Jenny Lake area of Grand Tenton on August 25th, the day that Petito's family said it was the last time they spoke to her via FaceTime. Now, Brian. <laughs> there is a quote-unquote possibility that he has hurt himself in a Florida wildlife reserve as searches continue for him, said the police. So Brian was last seen this past Tuesday. So what day was that, Kate? Help me out. Uh, uh, it's the 19th. 14th. So the 14th, yes. He was last seen on the 14th after telling his family he was going out for a hike. The kin told cops Friday, sparking a massive manhunt in the nearly 25,000 acre Carlton Reserve in Sarasota County. Meanwhile, police said Brian's parents picked up their Ford Mustang that was left at the reserve and the car was spotted parked in the driveway at their Northport home over the last few days. Um, The search for Brian by the FBI and about 50 law enforcement personnel got underway on Saturday and there are still no signs of him. Of course not. So my theory on this is he is not missing. He is hiding why I'm not sure because I don't know if he killed her on purpose or on accident and people when they are panicked tend to do stupid shit even if it's on accident so I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt right but it's not working so far um (laughs) now I did get some news today uh that human remains have been discovered in Wyoming that are consistent with the description of 
missing Gabby Petito, FBI officials stated in a press conference, full forensic identification has not been completed to confirm 100% that they have found Gabby, but her parents have been notified of the discovery, said Charles Jones, who is the FBI Denver's supervisory senior resident agent in Wyoming. Now, this is where I'm, I, I don't doubt that it's her because they said the remains were specifically found in the Spread Creek dispersed camping area in the Bridger Tenton National Forest. Um, and that was where the, the van was last seen, was that same National Forest. So I have no doubt in my mind that who they found was probably her. Um, now, as of right now, they don't have a cause of death determined. Um, and like I was telling Kate, um, before we started recording that if she actually did die at the end of August, we are almost at a month since she was seen. And so that's a lot of decomp, especially in Wyoming where there's probably a lot of heat and rain and everything else. So I guess I get it, but what are your th- what are your theories on this whole thing? I think if anything he knows more than what he said. You know what I mean? Right. Which is nothing. <laughs> right. Which you know. Hey. Whatever. <laughs> well, like he hasn't told anybody. Well, I think his I think he told his parents. Yeah. They know more than they're letting on. Yeah but I digress. So that's all I have for Gabby. Um, I wish I had more. Uh, I'm just glad that they found her. I'm sad that they found her deceased, but I'm still right. glad that like, they I'm found pretty her. sure it's her. Yeah. Um, now for the case that I actually wanted to talk about. <laughs> um, so what inspired this was TikTok. I've been seeing a lot of people post videos or snippets of wife swap and wife swap is one of my many guilty pleasures um basically on the show what happens is they take two women from like completely different backgrounds and they trade houses and families for like two weeks and the first week they spend following the detailed instructions of the of the household and then they try to change as much as they can in the second week um some of these swaps like you know from the get-go it's gonna be bad (laughs) like there's gonna be a lot of conflict and while i don't like being involved in drama i like hearing about it. it yes i love watching it i love hearing about it i tell me the tea girl but like don't involve me just tell me about it. Um, so there was actually a family on Wife Swap called the Stockdale family. And one of their sons murdered his brother and his mom. So that's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> so I'm not. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, and like, when I tell you like some of the things, cause I was able to find, you know, like if you, if you're, if you watch the, the show, you know, at the beginning where they're like, um, 
The wives have provided a manual for the guide as a guide for the running of their family. Right. I actually was able to find the Stockdale family manual. Ooh. So I, I picked up some e- excerpts from that. So hearing Stockdale just kind of cracks me up. I don't know yeah. why, but something about that. I'm just already like, yeah, y'all are fucked up. Well, and what gets me is so I watched it season four, episode 20 something. I want to say 21. Now I got to look because I don't want to misquote myself. Um, Stockdale talk. Yeah. Okay. So it's season four, episode 15. So I was close. Um, and I watched it Friday and like watching it. I was like, oh girl, oh girl. No wonder your kids are crazy. Like girl. So as introduced in wife swap, the Stockdale family consisted of mother, Kathy or Catherine father tim children calvin charles jacob and james um now as the show depicted the stockdale parents strictly managed the the social media that their sons could like interact with um each son had to do chores and around the house to earn tokens and this token system bothered me (laughs) because they had to earn tokens to just listen to the radio and I don't feel Fuck. right. And I don't feel like listening to music should be a privilege. Like in your downtime. I don't think you should have to no. earn that. Um, and the boys could not date or curse, which is crazy to me because at the time of the show, Calvin was the oldest and he was 19. And he was not allowed to date do what okay so the story weird is uh, it gets weirder trust me so the story goes that kathy and tim um were living in the city at one point and they began to fear it because they were worried about their sons being experienced exposed to bad influences um so they moved to beach city ohio and established this farming homestead. Um, now, on this episode, Kathy Stockdale swapped places with the mother of the Tonkovic family. Uh, and of course, the Tonkovic family were like quite liberal in contrast to the Stockdale family. Um, the lady, and I got to find it. I got to find her name now because it's going to bug me. Um, Stockdale, Tongovic. Um, what is her name? Lori. So Lori, um, cried several times during the episode about how the boys were were mistreated. And honestly, like I can believe it because, like, I just I couldn't. I, I, the token thing drove me nuts. So the segment portrayed the Stockdales as being, quote, devoutly religious. Uh, The family manual cites a desire to, quote, unquote, leave rap music behind in addition to violent language and sexual influences. Um, Instead, the boys would learn how to process chickens, which means like they were like killing chickens because like they wanted to live like off the farm, basically. 
and perform other chores in exchange for the tokens. And like, they, it wasn't just radio privileges. It was like gum and shit. Like, I just didn't understand that. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, okay. So I did grab a few excerpts from the manual because like, I didn't want to read the whole thing. I mean, I did, but I was like, that would take way too much time. Um, so one of the things was we moved to the country to get the boys away from the city. Our children are being raised away from the violent language, sexual influences, drinking, smoking, drugs, rap music, all the things we left behind in the city. Instead, we are raising our children on a diet of wholesome activities and farm work, keeping their minds pure and their bodies healthy and keeping out the influences of modern society, which is why we homeschool. And like, when I read that, I was like, uh, well, it didn't work out too well. No, no, it didn't yet. Um, so another thing was TV and video games are banned. They produce redundant minds and lazy children. I want my boys to be active, productive, and busy every waking moment. Internet access is restricted. There is no idle surfing in this house. Instead, we enjoy spending time reading to each other, playing music, or storytelling. Um, okay. Uh, the boys are not encouraged to date until they are ready to get married. They need to concentrate on building the right foundations for a healthy and moral life, not thinking about girls. There's plenty of time to worry about that when they have found their bride to be and are ready to settle down. Okay, Duggar wannabe. Like the fuck? <sighs> Uh, life is not about entertainment and fun. <laughs> I do not promote a lot of leisure time for the boys. A lot of emphasis in the teen world is placed on hanging out with friends. We do not hang out. I insist that the boys have a focus and a purpose to any activity so that the boys do not become corrupted by meaningless relationships. Bitch, what? Bitch, yeah. what? That's crazy. Even if you don't want to look at it as hanging out, Everybody needs a time in their day to decompress. Right? Like, whether you're two or you're 200, you need a time in your day to decompress. And this woman is like, nah. <laughs> you must be busy! It's like, isn't that kind of a thing in Amish culture, too? I guess. I don't know. Um... <clears throat> All right. So then she says, I am definitely stricter with my boys than my parents were on me. But America is very different is a very different country now than when I was growing up. I try to limit the amount of influence the 21st century has on my boys so that they can grow up in a wholesome, carefree manner. Video games, TV and dating are all banned in this house. I want my boys to concentrate on the good things in life, like family unity, music and education. Not allowing my boys to watch television or play video games is one of the sole reasons they are who they are today. I always asked how I could get the boys to be so interested in playing instruments. It's more like, how do I stop them from playing all the time? Their daily lives are not distracted with modern technological obstacles that entertain them to death. I always say if it's fun, it doesn't mean you have to do it. To do it. Bitch, What? Bitch, what? <sighs> okay. I mean, you're not, it's not like we're telling you to let them do meth. It's just. Right. Let them be kids. Like, Jesus, fuck. 
Um, okay. And then we are raising our family on a homestead where we live simply and grow our own food. We have found the combination of farm work, books, and music combined with wholesome food and a nurturing family environment to be a great foundation to raise children. This life is definitely not the easiest, but it is certainly the most rewarding. And that one was another one that when I read it, I was like, ah, it didn't work, sis. No, it didn't, ma'am. Um, now, the Stockdale family had a bluegrass band known as the Stockdale Family Band. Uh, Kathy, Kathy often posted videos of her family performing in their band. Um, and as Calvin and Charles grew older, they left the family band and moved out. Now, the band was somewhat successful. And in the June of 2017, the band was booked throughout the summer. Now, Kathy was the manager of the band and had done what seems like a good job to keep the band busy. Um, so our kids don't have time to date. Right. And find out that they were basically abused their whole life. Uh, now, on June 15th, 2017... Uh, Stark County Police received a 911 phone call at 4.36 p.m. in which the caller hung up the phone. Deputies headed to the location of the call where they found the front door of the residence open. As they neared the door, they saw just what they was a figure on the inside. They heard a gunshot and called for backup, continuing towards the house. Jacob, now you have to remember, Jacob is the second youngest child um jacob had shot his mother kathy and his younger brother james who was 21 uh they were both killed jacob then shot himself but he was still alive uh responding officers found kathy upstairs in a bathroom um and the figure that they saw near the front door was actually james now local police officers had never received any calls out to their home before um, and they described Jacob I mean, as the one. Fucking phone. Right. <laughs> well, they described Jacob as someone they never had problems with in the past. Um, now, the two older brothers no longer lived at the home. Um, so it was just James and Jacob. And then Timothy, who was the dad, was out of the house when the incident occurred. Um, now, the Jacob had been indicted on two counts of murder, both with firearm specifications for the shooting deaths of his mother, Catherine, and his brother, James, uh, at the family's home. Police can only speculate about motive, and it stays that way. There's never any clear-cut motive for why Jacob does this. Like, none. Abuse. Um, I, I think it's from, like, just repressed rage. I really do. Um, investigators believe that Jacob used a 20-gauge shotgun to commit the murders and then try to shoot himself. Um, yeah, so he wasn't fucking around. Um, now, the indictment process was slow because Jacob was in the hospital recovering from his shotgun uh, wound. Um, <laughs> it for it. I was going to say, I couldn't think of the word. All I could think of was hole. <laughs> he was recovering from the hole. 
Um, so after he received medical treatment, he was arrested in September, 2018, which I thought was crazy. So now to remind you guys, the shooting took place in June of 2017 and they couldn't arrest him until September, 2018. So it took him that long to recover from the gunshot wound, which is crazy. Um, and he was charged and he and, well, and when he was charged with the two counts of murder he entered a plea of not guilty um now in january 2019 jacob attended a short hearing with his defense attorney and the defense attorney requested a psychological evaluation so then in may Jacob was hospitalized in a psychiatric facility because he was deemed not mentally competent to stand trial. I mean, um, obviously, you don't just shoot people with a shotgun and think, yeah, they, they good. But I also kind of think he knew what the fuck he was doing. You know what I mean? Like, I really don't. I don't know. Well, I'm not saying he didn't know what he was doing. He just, I feel like. He's obviously got mental issues. Yeah. There's Yeah, there's some justification here in a, in a bit, in a way. Oh, absolutely. Now, Lori Tonkovic, you know, the woman who swapped with Catherine Stockdale, gave her opinion on what went wrong in the Stockdale family to have led to such a tragedy. She said, having been a part of the Stockdale family for a short period of time during the show, she immersed herself in their way of life and remembered a time when she wanted to let up on some of the restrictions placed on the Stockdale brothers, but was met with actual resistance from the children. From what she told TMZ, Jacob Stockdale ran from the house in tears for fear that he would burn in hell for not following his parents' restrictive rules. Fucking religion, dude. I mean, like, I'm all for religion. I'm all for you having your own set of beliefs. But when it gets to the point where it mentally damages your child. Yeah, no, it's fucking wrong. Like, So then... He got another, so Jacob got another psychological evaluation and that's, that psychologist found him to be clinically sane when he was charged in 2017. So she thinks so dark and I'm going to fuck her name up so bad. And I'm already like, I, I, Dr. Wood, I just want to apologize. I'm trying not to laugh at your name, first of all, but her name is Archangela. A-R-C-A-N-G-E-L-A. Archangela Wood of the Psychodiagnostic Clinic in Akron said it's her opinion based on a reasonable psychological certainty that Stockdale was not suffering from a mental illness or disease or defect at the time he was charged. Now... Uh, again, I'm not saying that he has an illness or a disease or a defect, but I do think he's got some trauma. And if anybody knows anything about trauma, it can really fuck with you and the decisions you make. So, right. Like, bro thought he was going to go to hell for not following his parents' rules. Like, what, and that what was it. And that, he broke? and that was like 10 years before he committed the murder. So, who knows how bro. much were broken some kind of rule and was afraid that you know it's got to be something like that right 
So Judge Frank Forconi had issued had ordered the um, psychodiagnostic clinic in Akron to complete the additional psychological evaluation to determine if at the time of the shooting Stockdale did not know the wrongfulness of his actions as the result of a quote severe mental disease or defect according to the court records. Now, Dr. Wood said in her evaluation that an opinion regarding wrongfulness cannot be rendered because Stockdale is asserting his innocence, which makes sense. So what she's basically saying is that he doesn't know or he they she can't make a statement on whether or not he thinks that what he did was wrong because he's claiming he didn't do it. Um. Now, the defense previously had requested the evaluation for Stockdale in conjunction with entering a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity. Now, at a hearing on February 19, 2020, both the prosecution and defense accepted the findings of the psychological report. And what gets me is that Timothy Stockdale, the dad, has been at every single court hearing, every single one. So, like, my wonder is, like, is he doing this because he wants to know the fate of his son or if it's because he wants to know the justice for his wife and his other son? Like. <laughs> or did he tell his kid to do it and he's trying to make sure that he doesn't wrap him out? Maybe. Ooh. Kate throwing a wrench in the whole thing. <laughs> Um, That's my jab. So Jacob was moved on February 11th from the Stark County Jail to Heartland Behavioral Healthcare and Massillon, which is a state mental hospital, following possible escape attempts and like other like mental health concerns. Now, for those of you who don't know, I had to actually look it up. Heartland Behavioral Healthcare provides inpatient care for acutely mentally ill adults from Northeast Ohio. Um, now Stockdale appeared at the hearing on February 19th, um, but he did it via video link, um, while his defense attorney who was Ty Graham and Eugene Cazantes was in court, um, and Dennis Barr represented the Stark County prosecutor's office. Um, now Timothy was able to make a statement about his son and his wife. Um, and Timothy said that his wife was a wonderful mother who also loved being a grandmother. He also remarked on her quote, strong love of learning and passions in quote, Christian faith, natural health, and organic farming. And then Calvin, now you remember Calvin is the oldest described James as a catalyst of family fun and a gifted musician. Um, James had a dream of learning more about the entertainment business, which is just so sad. Um, Now, according to- Regardless, I don't feel like he should kill his brother. Whatever weird shit was going on. Oh yeah, like, and I mean, granted he was 21, so he was technically an adult. Doesn't matter, he's still a kid. He was still a baby. To me, being old as shit, that is baby age. Shut up. <laughs> now, I actually had to dig for the outcome of this whole thing because there were no 
major news articles about it. Not like in like that's fucking weird, right? Like in so leading up to the end of the case, you know, there was a lot of articles. It was not hard to find information, but like looking for a conviction, that was much more difficult. And like I know that you know his trial kept getting postponed because of coronavirus so he actually demonetized for everything (laughs) so he actually didn't go back to court until april 28th 2021 because he was supposed to go back in may of 2020 but that never happened because of coronavirus so he didn't actually go back until april 28th i like it how it had to be april 28th which is my son's birthday So Jacob Stockdale entered a guilty plea on that date. In the plea agreement, Stockdale pleaded guilty to two counts of murder and the two firearm specifications were dismissed. And that part is weird to me. Like, so this is going to sound really stupid and maybe it's just because my brain's tired, but the fuck is a firearm specification? So I will have to look that up. I kind of know what it means, but like, I don't want to say it and sound dumb um all right i'll be the dumb one well like so to me it's it's what it's saying is um like do you get a lesser sentence oh here we go so ohio's fire I had to actually look at Ohio. So Ohio's firearm specification statute imposes a mandatory three-year prison term for criminal offenses committed while using a firearm. So that's what it means. So because he committed a crime with a firearm, that's automatically a three-year prison term for each count. So he had two of them. So he would have automatically gotten six years. And the fact that he's looking at life i really don't think six years makes a difference right but they dismissed it now here's what gets me stockdale declined to speak in court when he was provided the opportunity so they gave him a chance to say something and he said nothing and to me that screams guilt like you are so disrespectful. You can't even turn around and tell your dad you're sorry. Like nothing. Fuck off. Um, now, family members wrote to the judge asking for the lightest sentence allowed. Um, now, the Stark County Chief Prosecutor Dennis Barr wrote a statement prior to the sentencing on behalf of the Stockdale family. Um, It says, our family grieves the loss of Catherine Barbara Stockdale and James William Stockdale. Kathy was a loving mother, grandmother, daughter, sister, aunt, mentor, and a friend to many. James was a loving son, brother, nephew, uncle, cousin, and friend to many. Kathy put all of her effort into homeschooling all four sons through their graduation from high school. Losing her encouraging words and comforting hugs has been devastating. James was a college student and a dedicated musician, bringing smiles to all. While Jacob has no recollection of that day's 
events. He trusts the legal system to do the right thing. It is beyond our understanding why this act was committed. Okay. Uh, the letter went on to say that the family was grateful to the first responders who helped save Jacob Stockdale's life. Um, uh, I know. No. <laughs> James Stockdale was a sophomore business management major who studied at Kent State University's Tuscawaras and Stark campuses. Now, one what of the. A, go ahead. What a name. Hey, you live there, don't you? Where? Ohio. No, I live in Illinois. Oh, why did I think Ohio? Um, now one of the brother brothers brothers, his brother, his brother. <laughs> one of the brothers added to the family's letters sent to court that saying that Jacob Stockdale was supposed to protect the family and instead their mother and brother died at his hands and I'm like yikes <laughs> now the family member wrote we love you and forgive you for the role that you had in their deaths to the degree that we are capable of knowing the hearts of mom and James we are convinced that they for also forgive you for taking their lives and, and to me I would have believed that more if the family member who said this was reading it you know what I mean? I feel like it would have been more impactful versus the attorney. Um, but Judge Forchoni, Forchione, it's F-O-R-C-H-I-O-N-E. I don't know. He said to Stockdale during the sentencing, I have to protect the public and the nature of these charges are so gruesome that you will serve the next 30 years to life in prison. So Fraccioni sentenced him to 15 years to life on each murder count to be cons served consecutively. And I can't say I'm mad about it. <laughs> because even though I totally believe that this guy has some mental issues that he needs to work out, some trauma he needs to work through, like... The fact that you didn't say jack fucking shit at your sentencing speaks volumes about the person you are. To me, anyway. Um, so I'm not mad about the sentence at all. Um, and he just started it too. So who knows? Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see when he would be eligible for parole. Uh, or if he will be eligible for parole. Like I said, the whole sentencing thing and the conviction and all that stuff, there was like, there, I think there was like one article I found on it, which I thought was really odd because when I put in the wife swap murders, there were so many things that came up and it, it led all the way up to 2020 and nobody had anything on um, the actual conviction or anything. So I thought that was really odd. Um, but yeah, uh, that's all I've got for today. Um, so, uh, 
if you guys have any other cases you want me to talk about, let me know. Or, you know, and I guess we'll just keep an eye out on Gabby Petito's case. I, I just think that whole thing is so sad. When I first heard about it and I realized that the boyfriend came back without her, I was like, he either did something, saw something, or was involved in whatever happened to this poor girl. So it'll be interesting in the days to come um, what the developments are. You know, obviously, if there are updates between now and when our next episode airs, we'll obviously um, update you guys. But uh, yeah. As always, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love anybody else? Can I get an amen? Kate's not paying attention. Rude! <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I got muted. I'm sorry. I said amen to myself and then realized I was muted. <laughs> Rude! <laughs> it's like, oh, shit, I'm muted. <laughs> well, welcome to the hot mess, Witchy Express. <laughs> Well, we're both hot messes. It's okay. Oh, my God. We really are. <laughs> All right, guys. We love y'all. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.